Combo Nation. Don't forget to rate, review, punch down on that subscribe button. We are here. Let's get the proceedings proceeded, man. Combo Nation. Today's show is a recording from the Deuce and Mo podcast. Really appreciate Deuce and Mo having me on their pod. They are truly a dynamic duo. Shouts to them. We talked Kings basketball, Summer League, and more. Just a fantastic conversation with Deuce and Mo. Go subscribe to the Deuce and Mo podcast. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Let's get into it. Let's talk to a hooper, a guy I'm really excited to chat with. And Morgan, you have not had the pleasure of chatting with Andrew. Uh, let's bring him in now. He played overseas ball. I've got to fix my Zoom feed on my end. Oh, well. Uh, Andrew Salop. They call him... Com- I feel like I know you as Combo, though. Andrew, how you doing, man? Welcome to Do Some O Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it was great having you on the pod, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, about and, a year uh, ago, man. Most definitely. And Mo, great to meet you. It's so nice to meet you, too. I was just listening to your pod uh, coming back from Summer League and everything, so... Um, and I love, I just, yeah, I, I, I love what you do. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. I appreciate both of you. Thank you. Thank Tell, you so much. Thank you for having me. Dude, of <laughs> course, dude. We like people who love basketball. You love ball. You played it overseas. Uh, I want to get your journey for a second. Like, how was that playing overseas basketball? What was that grind like? Oh, grind's the right word to describe it. I mean, you're in a foreign country. Sometimes you don't speak the language. The food is different. Uh, the communication is off, but it's an experience I wouldn't trade the world for. And it was amazing. I don't think anybody had a journey exactly like mine, but I guess you could say that for anybody in life, right? Everybody's journey is a little bit different, but I really appreciate my journey. Wouldn't trade it for the world. And it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. How many countries did you like? Where, where did you play? I need to know this. Israel and Denmark. Um, Very brief. I played games before in Singapore and Canada, but I didn't spend whole seasons in those countries, but I spent a year in Denmark and I'd say like eight or nine in Israel. So, yeah. Is the basketball, is it at all just so different in each place oh, that yeah. you go, each team that you go to? Oh, yeah. Every country is so different. Just overseas basketball, at least back then, was totally different than the way they play basketball here in America. But, uh, you know, that's why I have a little bit of a different perspective growing up in New York City, seeing basketball here playing overseas and then obviously watching the NBA, I feel like I got the best of all the worlds and it kind of gives me an interesting perspective on the game. Hell yeah. And you've got the Combos Court podcast. Like, how do you get involved? When, when were you like, hey, you know what? I know I'm done playing, but now I just want to talk about it. Like, what, what, what made you choose that path? I always really enjoyed listening to people talk about basketball. It was kind of hard to find shows like that when I was a kid, right? But they had some few and far between. But um I did want to start with play-by-play, and then I realized when I was playing overseas, when I started to realize I was done, that I wanted to have my own show, and the easiest way to go about that is starting a podcast, as you guys know. (laughs) Dude, no, you got to create the content, and that's what's so cool about, you know, social media, the internet, is like, you connected with me, and it's like, it's just this big basketball community. I mean, you're creating content, we're doing it, people all over the world talking about this awesome game of basketball. I want to ask you something we were just leading the podcast with. Mark J. Spears <laughs> on ESPN yesterday not only predicted Keegan Murray to win Rookie of the Year, wow. but he also said that the Kings would end their 16-year playoff drought. Um, when you hear that, what's your reaction? <laughs> I don't know about that, yeah. but I would say the recent moves by the Kings have been great. 
Um, I wasn't high on their Tyrese Halliburton move. I'll say that. Way back when, I didn't like that they didn't draft Doncic and any team that passed on mm. Doncic. But let's focus on current Kings basketball, right? Hey, you're trying mm. to bring me the pain. Yeah, man. Damn. it's real. But I have to I have to be honest here, right? But no, um, I think some of the moves they're making now are incredible. I love Kevin Hearn. I love Malik Monk. I like who they drafted, and I like it even more now after what I saw from Keegan in Summer League. I think they're making modern basketball moves now, which is really important. And... Do I think they'll make the playoffs? No, but I think they'll be tremendously improved and maybe fight for that playing range. Yeah. What maybe do you mean in that range? What do you mean by modern basketball? What do well, you mean by- <laughs> so you want guys who could play multiple positions. You obviously got want guys who could shoot it with Malik and Kevin. Those are modern basketball players. Malik's not the greatest defender, but Kevin could play both sides. And I think those two are players that, you know, the Lakers need more modern NBA players, right? Like they need shooting, they need defense. And I think that the Kings are now building around their two-star players in the right way. So I love what they're doing right now. You know, and you, you I, I'm uh, kind of with you on the whole, like, yeah, like, I just don't have a lot of confidence in playoffs this year. I think when you have a brand new head coach, there's things you got to work out. There's things you got to grow and develop together. And right. so many people push back on that with me because they're like, but look at all the changes. Look at the raw. It is better. And it is better. But don't you yes. think the league is still better than the Sacramento Kings for the most part. <laughs> yes, I do. And it's so hard to be good in this league because the league is so deep. Like we saw the Knicks and Hawks playing really well two years ago and there was a regression there. Memphis was amazing this year. That doesn't necessarily mean Memphis will be better next year, right? Not to single them out, but just because you had a great season this year doesn't mean, or a bad season this year doesn't mean because you made some moves, you're going to get better in the next. For your point that the league is just tremendously deep right now. You know, you, you mentioned Kevin Herter and what he can bring on both sides. And yeah. I think that's probably the defensive part is one area that maybe doesn't get talked a lot about with him. Uh, it seems like a smart defensive player, high IQ guy. Again, you're talking about modern basketball. Having some high IQ players is obviously beneficial. What, what does he do well defensively that, that could maybe help this Kings team? Well, he's strong enough to stay with bigs in the post. He could hold them off. Obviously, you don't want, want him guarding a four or five. Uh, for the most part of the game, but he has the lateral quickness to guard guards and he has great size. You know, I don't think a lot of people think about Kevin Herter as a big guard, but he has really nice size for a guard and could guard multiple positions. And I think on the Kings are really pop because there's less players like him. Like he'll need to be on the floor because of his defense. And obviously the shooting next to their two-star players is so important. So I think he's going to get even more opportunity with this team than he did with the Hawks. And he's had great moments with the Hawks. You know, and, and you mentioned Malik Monk and I guess his flaws defensively or what he lacks there. What is it that you want to see more of from Malik Monk or that we could see next season to actually see him improve his defense? Well, I think his offense fits so well. He's going to get plenty of minutes and play great. Um, I don't know if there's too many things he could do on defense differently because he's on the smaller side. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, it just is what it is. Like Trey Young, he could get better defensively, but he's never going to be an elite defender. As long as you are tapped into what the team is doing and showing great effort, I think that's all he needs to do because Malik Monk is really good on offense. I think he's an underrated offensive player and he'll bring a lot of value on that side of the floor. And look, man, it's basketball. We don't, how much do we care about defense, right? We all want to play offense, right? Well, offense more important than defense. That's the one thing when we talk about the Kings too, that maybe some miss the Kings offense wasn't good last year, you know, and they were just bad. They were bad defensively. It was not good offensively either. 
post trade of Sabon- the Halliburton Sabonis trade, you did see Fox play better. Sabonis obviously has a skill set that I know a lot of people like. He can fill up the stash sheet, good passer. What do you think that kind of potential is offensively now? You mentioned with Monk and Herter, but maybe Fox Sabonis playing a full year together. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have developed develop that chemistry together. I know we didn't talk about Keegan yet, but I think he fits so well with them as well. I don't want to uh, jump on your questions too early. No, I know dude, we're just, Wait, no, we're, we're just talking. Chatting. You can take it but, wherever you want. Yeah, man. yeah like, so like De'Aaron loves to play in a uh, transition, and I think that's an underrated part of Keegan's game, so that'll help a lot. And obviously, a, a shooting big next to Sabonis with Fox, I think that'll help both of them tremendously. And kind of what you're talking about, like just you have to build chemistry to be a great team, and they're going to get more reps together. Hopefully, they're practicing in the offseason together. But experience is everything, and you can't sugarcoat it. It just is what it is. The more time you get to play with somebody, the more comfortable you get. Thank you. I try to explain this to people. I keep, you know, I I, I keep, I always talk about, Andrew, I always talk about patience, and, like, people yeah. are like, the Sacramento can't be patient anymore. But I'm, I'm like, that's just not realistic. That's not how a sport works. That's not how basketball works. Like, you grow together. Unless you can plug in a Jason Tatum, a LeBron James, boom, let them take it away, and then you guys can go somewhere else. But that's not this team and they're going to have to develop together and grow together and speaking of developing keegan murray you mentioned him you know i first i want to hear what you liked about him in the summer league so he strikes me as one of those players that have nba experience even though he does it right like mm. it's like you watch him play you're like okay if you didn't know who he was be like okay that's like one of those nba guys who maybe will play one or two games and then we'll shut him down you know And then you realize this guy's a rookie. Maybe part of that is because he's a little bit older than the other rookies, but he just strikes me as a guy who you would think would have NBA experience. Um, Obviously, the shot looks great. He could guard multiple positions. And I think there's a reason why people – I can give you the reason why people thought his upside wasn't incredible because he doesn't have eye-popping athleticism and maybe the self-creation isn't at the highest of levels, Mm -hmm. right? But he has the starter kit. Like, you see the Hezzy pull-up. You see the step backs, right? Um, the handle does need some improvement, but you see it in transition. He could push, make the right decision. And the number one thing thing I think about uh, when I think of Keegan is the poise. Like, he is super calm. A lot of rookies in summer league play rushed. They want to prove themselves. But he has that patience, as we just talked about, and he has that poise. So I loved everything I saw from Keegan. Yeah, the, the athleticism angle is interesting because you're right. It seemed like people... You know, during the whole draft, lead, the lead up to the draft, they kept talking about a ceiling. What? I mean, you don't have to be like an elite athlete to have a success at the NBA right. level. I don't think anyone looks at Luka and is like, hey, man, that's an elite athlete. Jokic. <laughs> like, these guys kind of play at their own pace. I mean, if you've got the skill set, if you're smart, you can shoot, you got size, I think you can last in the NBA. Yeah, he doesn't have the eye-popping facets of, a le- of athleticism, but I would say you mentioned Luka and him. And Luke are actually elite in one common area when it comes to athleticism, deceleration. When Keegan gets to the rim, he knows how to slow down, which is also part of your mentality, but it's also part of your athleticism. Just that ability to slow down, it allows you to get to the line, and it, it's definitely conducive to being a good finisher. Like, just the ability to slow down. The league's best players have it. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, SGA, maybe not one of the league's best players, but he's elite at that. Luca definitely knows how to slow down in the lane, and I noticed that in summer league more from Keegan than even that I noticed it in college. So that was amazing. Wow. Do you think, do you think now 
because we started our whole conversation with Mark Spears talking about um, playoffs and then rookie of the year for Keegan Murray. Is it too weird to be like, hey, he will probably be in that conversation during the season? Or is it really just going to depend on what the team is doing? Yeah, it definitely helps if the team is winning. I mean, if they make the playoffs, it'll help a lot, right? Uh, I hope for them they make it. But I would say that I think Paulo will win Rookie of the Year. I don't actually think he has the highest upside. To me, Chet has the highest Mm -hmm. upside. Um, But Paulo, Keegan... Definitely in the mix. We got to see what Jaden Ivey does because he looked explosive in summer league for the time he played. And then you always got a few surprises. So I think Keegan will definitely be in the mix. And I think he will help that team right away. So I'm excited for him and the Kings. Yeah, you you mentioned Jaden Ivey. And uh, of course, lead up to the draft, that was talked a lot about number four spot for the Kings. Should they just take a guy like Jaden Ivey, although he may not be, you know, ready day one to contribute to a team that's trying to make the playoffs, the guy has elite speed, right? The athleticism. He does a lot of great things out there. Still a work in progress. I'm just curious where you were at before the draft on the whole Keegan-Ivy conversation when it came to the Sacramento Kings. So I would have drafted Jaded, but I didn't have the information that told me that Jada didn't want to be with the Kings. So I think you always want to draft somebody that wants to be there, that wants to be in the building, that wants to be with the team. I think the same thing happened with Chet. I think there was a great chance. I don't know this for sure that Orlando would have drafted Chet, but Chet didn't send in his physicals, right? So you kind of want to draft a guy that wants to be in the building, that wants to be with the team. And obviously we saw from Summer League that it seems like the Kings made the right fit. Wow. So, right pick. so you think you think that actually that matters so much more now? Because I feel like back yeah. in the day, you know, we would hear Steph Curry didn't want to he wanted to be in New York, you know, and then I mean, really back in the day when Chris Weber didn't want to come to Sacramento, yeah. you know, like you I, I get I get it sometimes when it's Sacramento, but I'm kind of like, screw you, get your ass over here and I, play anyway. I also think part of it though is like if if they didn't have Keegan and Ivy separated by much yeah. maybe that's yeah. what tilted in Keegan's favor it's like hey we he we he fits a serious need a guy who's got size that could shoot the ball high IQ guy he could play right away oh and by the way he wants to be here yeah i yeah. mean i think i, I right. see the thinking right it, it, if they're almost equal in your mind or maybe you edge Jaden mm. slightly when it comes to best available you definitely have to think about fit, which Keegan was the better fit, right? I always want to go best available over fit when you're dealing with like lottery teams and teams on the lower end of the spectrum. But I mean, the fit was better and the guy wanted to be there. So it looks like the right pick right now. You're talking about Chet um, and you you seem very high on Chet. What jumps yeah. out to you about him? Maybe I you know you were in Vegas too. What, what did you see in his game that you, you really like at the next level? <laughs> Man, it's funny because as much as I thought of Chet as being a unique player before I seen him play a person, when you see him in person, man, it is interesting because the guy's athletic, he's tough, but then he's always on the floor at the same time. Like he's always falling. <laughs> yes. So it's like, it's really interesting to watch him play basketball. He is so skinny, but I think he's everything you need in the modern NBA when it comes to the big, when it comes to being a big in the modern NBA, like his rim protection his feel on that side, on the defensive side of the floor. I think he's a difference maker right away. Um, And on offense, he just has everything you need. He could pick and pop. He's a lob threat. He could even create in the mid-range with those Dirk one-leg shots, right? He's showing some of that as well. So to me, I just feel like he has every key you need to average an effortless 25 in the NBA, and I think eventually he'll do so. 
and he talks a lot. Yeah, which I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like, I mean, look, man, you got a wrestling background. You know you like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. Love it, man. It was just, yeah. yeah and it, it's, it is interesting to hear the conversation about him because I think so many people are conflicted that, he doesn't look like he should be good, right? He's just like this skinny <laughs> right, right. seven-footer. It, 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 people go, Sean Bradley. I'm like, okay, you've never watched him play. right? There's no way you could even say that. It may take him a second, right? And that's okay. He's still a young guy. But, man, you talk about the offensive tools, even defensively what he's capable of. I mean, he is just... He looks like he could be a really special talent. I'm just looking at that OKC squad. I mean, you see Jalen Williams. You see um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, yeah. Josh Giddy. They got some legit talent. Do you think OKC is going to be better than anyone thinks this season, too? Yeah, I think they're going to turn away from tank mode. This is the season for me, even though oh. it's not a good season because we got Wemby coming out, who I think is probably <sighs> the best NBA prospect in the past 10 years. Wow. So this might not be the right season to like turn away from tank mode, but... I just think if all those guys are healthy, it's going to be really tough for them to tank. Yeah, they, they've got some pretty talented guys. You mentioned Wemby. I just saw a highlight uh, of his poster today beating a guy off the dribble. I'm like, this guy's 7'3". I, I think what that, are you going to do? What amazes me, and <laughs> you obviously played at a high level, the skill level of these players coming up now it's insane. Like the league is more talent than ever. It's uh, they could definitely afford to expand at this point. Like get a team in Seattle, Las Vegas. There's so much talent. The the young players coming up are insane. Yeah, it's incredible how much talent there is coming up. With Wemby, it's almost like I think Chet's going to be an All NBA player one day, and it's almost like Wemby is Chet 2.0. Like he's even a higher level of that. So that just shows how high I am on Wemby. And you're right. And I think. Like these last three or four drafts, and I think this draft included, they've all been good drafts. Like, and we're going to continue to see that. And the result of that is that, like, the average middle of the road NBA player is closer to the star than ever before. And I think we're seeing that because you see, these having a star on your team doesn't mean quite as much as it used to, right? Yeah. Like, I think just chemistry means so much now, right? Playing the right style of basketball means so much. Not revolving offense around one guy means so much. So, it's great to see where the league is at, and I just can't wait to see what's coming up next for the NBA. I'm with you on that on so many different levels, and that's why I think I have so much fun watching a team like the Miami Heat, right? Just so disciplined on the floor. Right, and right. They, they have an identity, and they stick to it. And if you're not going to stick to it, you're going to get your ass on the bench. And, like, um, the standards are there. And I want to see that more and more around this league. And I think a team, going back to Sacramento, it's – a team like Sacramento needs that. I don't know. Do you know anything much about Mike Brown? We've heard some really good things. We've heard, you know, he set standards. He has this OCD-like mentality where it's like, if it's not perfect, it's not good enough. So what, what do you think of Mike Brown? Yeah, I love it because I love his experience. He's been coaching a long time. I think they, the Kings have done this, uh, take a coach from the Warriors experiment before <laughs> and it didn't work. But this coach has a lot more experience than the last one. And I love the move. I love the hire. I always thought that Mike Brown and Kenny Atkinson, for that matter, should be head coaches in the NBA. Uh, Kenny had the opportunity. He obviously didn't go through with it, which is okay. I guess maybe he's the next in line with the Warriors, but mm. it's definitely great to see Mike Brown have his own basketball team because it's well-deserved. What's your biggest question mark with this King squad? I mean, obviously the offseason, I and mean, we're still in the middle of offseason, they could maybe get involved in some other stuff. People think that they Monty McNair may make another trade, um, but looking at the roster as it stands right now, what, what's kind of the big question that's keeping them 
from being that playoff team or even a for sure playing team. Can De'Aaron Fox make that leap? I think that's the biggest question because it, it's kind of been wavering over the past few years. We know he's a really smart player, a really smart person, a really talented player, one of the faster players in the NBA. And I do think as much as I said, the middle of the road, a player is as close to the star than ever before. I do think you still need that high end star player to get it done in the NBA. And he has the best chance to take that leap on this team. And he has to be the face of the franchise. So I think a lot of it comes down to him. Sabonis is going to be solid. You know what you're going to get from Sabonis. But I think De'Aaron Fox is the key. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're we're definitely with you on that. And I think a lot of people are as well. It's like, can you take that next step? And my expectations for him before last season, going into his fifth season, were high. I was like, he's got this. And then it was so disappointing. Um, you know, he put on some of that weight and then that honestly affected the way that he was explosive and going to the hole. But it's nice. It seems like he's understanding things this season a little bit more just from what we're hearing with interviews and everything. And I mean, you know, it, sometimes talk is cheap. I get that, but, but still it's been, it feels different. Do you think it's him at times that's just been in his own way? Or do you think sometimes he hasn't been taught how to play basketball the right way in the NBA? Um, I think he knows how to play basketball for sure. To me, it felt like he didn't want to be there at times mm -hmm. watching the way he was playing basketball. You mentioned it looked a little bit, little bit better second half of last season, but he just struck me as a guy that didn't want to be in that situation. I mean, I don't know him personally. I don't know that to be the case, but just reading body language and the way he was playing, it did not seem like he wanted to be there. But I think things are changing and they're building around him in the right way. Yeah, I also think there was probably some frustration. And yeah, probably didn't sit for sure. I mean, Really, when you look back at the, the the teams he's played on, who have been his best players he's played with? Like Halliburton. Ty Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, and <laughs> hey, we love Tyrese, but obviously that fit, whatever, for whatever reason, it didn't click. They, they which, is, which is, so, I don't want to like look too far no, back no, at the hindsight, but, but Tyrese could fit with anybody in my opinion. Like he's that guy. I mean, I like Tyrese a lot. I, yeah. I understand the thinking of the move, right? Like they want to end this stupid playoff drought. And they're mm -hmm. like, hey, we get a chance at an all-star level player in Sabonis who's still 25. Mm -hmm. Let's We're not going to be able to move Fox because of the contract and how he's performed. And it sounded, it sounded like from reports, Tyrese Halliburton had to be in so many yeah. different deals I mean, for anything. Dude, you're trying to get an all-star. You got to give right. up something big. And they gave up. And I mean, look, two years from now, we could be looking back at this if Oof. the Kings are winning 33 games and Tyrese is on the all-star team and the Pacers are killing it with Matherin. Yeah, it could be yeah. one of the worst trades ever. I mean, uh, I really do like Sabonis. But yeah, I don't understand why Fox and Halliburton didn't work like they needed to work, why they couldn't take that step. I think partly, too, it was what's around them. It's not like this Kings team was stacked. I just think when you have De'Aaron Fox on your team, if he is not shooting at the level that he needs to, you need to have shooters. You need to have some defensive player the Kings haven't had really good teams the last few years at all I mean that 2018-19 year when they surprised everyone and won 39 games they beat everyone because they were running like crazy <laughs> there was, what, what was the system it was De'Aaron Fox get downhill let's run push. run 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 push push and that worked for a minute but you still only won 39 games um yeah this is our, our our problem in Sacramento. Andrew is like we we sit here every year and talk about God. Like, how do you just get over that hump? But there's also yeah. never an identity if you haven't seen that. Obviously, I feel like they're closer to that now. 
We're just, I feel like we're just venting to Andrew right now <laughs> in this, this last 30 seconds. It's a, and like, it's okay. I, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. So somebody asked on a live show with coach Nick and myself yesterday, what are the best scenarios? Where is a place that Russell Westbrook could fit? And the Kings did come to mind because they're a team that doesn't want to tank and they're not, <laughs> they don't, they're not entitled contention, but they do want to make the playoffs. And Russell Westbrook is a guy that can raise your floor. Tell me why you Would like you? it. Why do you like it? Well, well here's, the, here's the thing. Look, I do not like it on his current okay. contract. Okay. okay. But for the veterans minimum, would you guys take Russell Westbrook? Okay. Completely different conversation, right? Because trading for Westbrook seems absolutely insane. No, no. I'm just talking about yes, somehow. Yes. You know, if he was available, free agent, you could sign yes. him to a vet minimum deal. I have my answer. Uh, my answer is yes. Of course, of course. I you could talk about his shortcomings. All, I, yeah, I would take it if you're Sacramento and you had a chance to sign Westbrook to a minimum deal. You take that swing. What's the worst that could happen? I, it doesn't work, and then you move on. One so, year. One so year. many people. Yeah. So many people. And the only reason why, and this isn't you guys. This isn't hot takey or anything. I'm I'm not into that, Andrew. I know we're just meeting, <laughs> but the only reason why my answer would be no is because I want a sustainable consistent future for mm. the Sacramento Kings. I don't want to like just get into the playoffs and be like, all right, see you, Russ, you know, and then what the hell is our team's identity, right? Like I want a team that is going to grow together because we talk about chemistry with you. You know, the importance of like a team's buy-in and everyone understanding each other on a whole different level. I'm not acting like Russ can't be that, but from what we've seen with Russ, what makes you believe that he's going to all of a sudden change his role, <laughs> right? And understand like, no, De'Aaron's actually going to bring the ball, you know, especially like, in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like yeah, why yeah. why would he all of a sudden be different? It's definitely a conversation you have to have with him. Like, what is his role? Right. But I would say, like, he's had he's had positive influences on basketball teams before. Like when he was with the Wizards, mm -hmm. he did really well there. He was a great influence on everybody there. He comes to work every day. I think that's something that young players could learn from. And I'm with Deuce. If I could get him for the minimum, I'm taking Russell oh, Westbrook. So I am taking Russell Westbrook. And yeah. yeah, you definitely have to have a conversation beforehand because the self-awareness is, is the biggest issue. But that's the thing. Don't you feel like, like who, I feel like the only person that could have that conversation with him is like Greg Popovich, right? I mean, why, <laughs> why would he all of a sudden listen to Mike Brown in Sacramento? Well, here's the thing. It's what... It's it's worth it's worth the risk in my opinion. It is, but to make the does it go against what we were just saying with Sacramento? Hey, modern basketball. The guy won't, yeah, no. he won't shoot. He won't defend, and his attack. I mean, I I I, Come with me, I had trouble watching him last year. I felt bad for him because, you know, I know it's like, hey, social media. Let's all clown on Westbrook, yeah. but like, let's not ignore what he's accomplished in this league. I think he has struggled like a lot of star players do, with the realization that hey. You may not be that guy anymore. You're not the guy that was in OKC averaging a triple-double, winning an MVP. Like, that's not who you are. You have to evolve. Some of the best guys ever. Kobe struggled with that. He struggled to evolve and yep. realize, hey, I'm not that guy anymore. He had that mentality. So I felt bad for Westbrook last year. But I guess I thought going into last year, if it was going to work, he needed to buy in. He needed to have the off-ball movement. It just never felt like it came together mm -hmm. for them. I don't think he's as bad as he was last year either. Agreed. 
I, I, but I have questions about kind of his mentality. Like, what what does he think he, who does he think he is now? Right. That's the conversation. If I'm a decision maker for the Kings, I sit down with Russ and I say, watch Bruce Brown videos. Watch those videos. Ooh, be Bruce think about Brown. what you're saying. Hey, Westbrook, you've won an MVP. You've averaged a triple-double. I need you to watch yeah, the Bruce Brown. No, because if he embraces that role, he'll be a better version of Bruce Brown. Imagine if he embraced that role with the Lakers. You guys. With AD and LeBron? If anyone could get through to him, it is going to be so fun to watch him finish out his career, right? Like, I want that. I want that. But until (laughs) I see that and it can actually happen, think about it. Melo had to be blackballed out of the league for him to change his ways and understand, okay, like, I got to change my role. And once he did, it was this, it's going... practically this beautiful finish to his career we can say right and so like with russ you want that but some guys just aren't capable of that and i'm starting to believe he might be one of those guys so you're it's absolutely no for you it's a no no for me wow i know isn't isn't that crazy where we're at like there's people that won't take russell westbrook on a minimum contract People, people will blast me that, for it too, and I don't well, care. I'm sure they're gonna. I, well, I'm sure the Kings fans listening to this are gonna blast me for even mentioning. Oh, they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Though. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta end off with a bang. No, yes. there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So you were in Vegas for summer league. Um, yes. We we mentioned Key. I'm curious if there were some other guys that you you saw up close that jumped out to you besides maybe some of the obvious ones. Frankie Ferrari. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Frank, I, hey, oh. I give Frankie a lot of credit because they brought him in. And one, talk about buying. Yeah. Right. This guy's been playing. He's been doing the grind for a while. He's in the G League with Santa Cruz last year. They brought him in late after his what happened with him. Like he had some weird injury thing overseas and they want him to yes. play. And then he decided to retire, then come back and play in the G League. But, you know, Sacramento brings him in like, hey, we need you to just orchestrate our offense in the summer league. We need you to make Keegan and Amias Keda look good. Put them in good spots. I give him credit for that. He's a, he's a, he's a pro. Yeah. I love players like that. Like there was two of them on the magic Simpson who always shoots the hook shot. I don't know if you're uh, yeah. familiar with him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Saw him in the Tom, G. Tommy Cousy. Like I tweeted that this guy is looking exactly like in summer league, like, like he did in college. And then he had a big game after that, maybe a few days later. So I like watching players like that. Maybe they'll get a cup of coffee in the league. Maybe they won't play in the league at all. Um, one guy that you will be familiar with that I really like, I've been high on him for the entire college season. I, I talk about modern basketball players. He fits the modern NBA perfectly. Ben Matherin. Like, I oh. think he's going to be big impact this year. Uh, obviously, guy could shoot it. An elite athlete. A dog. Maybe not, yeah, maybe not the defender yet but he has all the tools to be an elite defender as well and he's going to be such a great fit next to Tyree so I really enjoyed watching him play yeah do you think he and Buddy will have to actually wrestle for the oh, ball at stop. time stop <laughs> I'm just kidding well, well, but Buddy could, Buddy could catch and shoot right yeah yeah actually they both can yeah they yeah no can. I dude I'm with you on Matherin uh pre-draft I liked him a lot and then seeing him in Summer League Kings played the Pacers and yeah the, the guy get great body the guy's strong. He could shoot yeah, it. Plays with an edge and a toughness. He's a nose for yeah. the ball. I, I mean, again, you talk about big... We said this on draft night, too. You know, you could have been in a world where the Kings had Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin. Yeah. And, you know, in a weird way, you're going to be paying attention to what Indiana's doing for years to come and how that backcourt kind of comes together because that technically 
could have been the Kings' backcourt if they kept Halliburton and moved on from other guys. Also, what did you think of uh, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara Jalen Williams with OKC? Because he, to me, he stood out and was just tremendous, and I wasn't expecting that. I'm not a I'm not a college hoops junkie or anything, so like he surprised me. Yeah, I found it interesting they they uh, drafted two Jalen Williams. Yeah, but to the, but I think he played great, and I think he could have impact right away with that team. I liked him at Santa Clara, and I think he's going to have some real impact this year. I think he will actually get minutes. So that's great to see. You know, Tari Eason had some nice moments with Houston too, man. Yeah. I, I mean, he yeah. was, he looked really nice. That team is going to be um, really interesting with Jalen Green, him, Shangoon, um, yes. Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, that team is just really fun and I can't wait to watch them play. Like that's going to be a fun game. Them versus the Kings. When's uh, that happening? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I can't wait for that. Speaking of, you know, the Western Conference, too, because you mentioned that. And, you know, we're talking OKC. We're talking Houston. And it's like, hey, there's going to be fun to these teams. And who knows if OKC is out of that tank mode kind of thing. Portland. How do mm. you feel about Portland? I always stick up for, like, what Dame can accomplish uh, with a team. And then you add Jeremy Grant. Then hopefully you have Nurk all healthy. Simon's, you know, signed and everything. What, how do you feel about their team? Obviously, it's a lot of uh, how uh, Dame comes back because he's had abdominal injuries and you never know how that goes. But Dame was going to get criticism no matter where what he did there, right? Like, since he's staying, they're going to say he didn't care about winning. If he leaves, he's ring chasing. So he was just in a situation that no matter what he did, there's going to be guys criticizing him. But he secured the bag. He lived up to the name Dame Dollar, right? I think he made he's going to make $60 million in a year. The first player ever to do that. So, shouts to Dave. Um, I do not think they're legit title contenders, but I think if everything goes well, you know, they'll make the playoffs, and it's probably a team you don't want to see. Oh yeah, I'm goodness. mixed on them. I'm mixed on I like Jeremy Grant, it, it, of course. It's just Dame, it it all hinges on what he can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they'll be better defensively, which is big. I that, I like Jeremy Grant a lot. I think he could be a great yeah. fit. I, in, in some ways, it feels like he's underrated. Um, the people, uh, the way people talk about him, act like he went to Detroit and they sucked because of him. And it's like, no, he could still do some good things. Should he be a number one or number two? Probably not. But he also should be doing more than he did in Denver, right? Like I, I think he has proven that he can do that. And I respect him so much because when he came in the league, he didn't have this type of skill level. That guy's worked his ass off to be a productive player in the league and and make a lot of money. Yeah. I like his game a lot. Obviously, he has experience going deep in the playoffs, which is so important. And he showed he could be a main option on a team. I guess some people feel like that's not his ideal role, like sure. being the number one guy. And he doesn't have to be here because he has Dame. So, and honestly, in some situations, he might be a number three option. I mean, we got to see how Anthony Simons develops. They're going to have a really nice team. Okay. What do you think about, sorry, another one. What do you think about Minnesota in having Kat and Rudy Gobert? Mm. How do you feel about that whole situation and just, how we keep on talking about how the NBA evolves, but then you have someone in Rudy Gobert who at times we saw couldn't come out and was a liability, especially deep in the postseason. What what do you feel about that? Well, I've said that I think Luca wins MVP next year. And then the year after that, Anthony Edwards is definitely in the mix for the most valuable player award. And this tells me that Minnesota believes that as well because they leverage their entire future to bring in another all-star player, which gives them now, yes, Anthony Edwards hasn't made an all-star team yet, but it gives them, in my opinion, three all-star level players. And when you have three all-star level players, it gives your ceiling a little bit, your ceiling's a little bit higher, right? So 
honestly, this is more about Anthony Edwards than even Rudy Gobert himself, mm. in my opinion. I think this is a big bet on Anthony Edwards, and it's a bet I would take as well. Man, that deal really messed up the market for Kevin Durant, though, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> seven draft picks, man, that is a lot. But as I said, I just think that's a, a bet on Ant-Man. I love Anthony Edwards. You know, I yeah. I didn't love the cat contract, and I get it. You got to pay him, and the money's going to look absurd, especially pre new new TV deals coming out that the cap's going to go up like crazy. But I'm just like, man, you're going to have Cat and Gobert making that much money combined. I think Anthony Edwards is the, the dude. I think he is their best the, player. If, like, they, if, if they want to win a championship, he has to be their best player, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Damn. Which I think he's capable of. But yes. you mentioned yes. KD. So, so what the hell do you think is going to happen with KD? Nobody knows because he doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't let anybody know <laughs> what's going on. He does never. I don't. I don't even think the Nets know the reason why he requested a trade. Man, KD, man, just go play in Brooklyn. Just you go think play so? There. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what should happen. Um, the guy's a hooper, so he's not going to sit out like Ben Simmons. Not right. saying Ben Simmons is not a hooper, but if you, I think the Nets are going into these negotiations, which is the right way to go and saying, "Hey, we'll go with what we have." Like it's up to us if we don't get a package that's absolutely of equal or more value which is kind of hard when you're trading kevin durant we're just going to stick with what we have and move forward so what's next for you man how often does your podcast come out combos court um for the most part twice a week cool, cool. yep i've been doing that for a long time and uh just continue with that i'm also the co-host of the believe in magic podcast for the believe network so i cover the magic there with my co-host max van Auken. Um, I do a lot of live shows with Coach Nick on oh, yeah. Ball Breakdown. So I got all those things going and just continuing with the pod like I have been, you know, onward and upward. Dude, I love it, man. You you pump out a lot of different content. It's great, man. I appreciate you joining us on the show today, and hopefully we can do it again soon, man. Thanks, Andrew. Oh, anytime. You guys are truly a dynamic duo. Appreciate Ooh. you both. Putting us over. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. No, and, so um, and we need to have you guys on the pod soon. So let's make that happen. Yeah, let's dude, do it. hit me up. We'll, we'll make it happen, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Anytime. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate him. Make sure to check out Andrew's podcast. It's great stuff, man. And it's, it's good to get his perspective. The chat was popping when he, he suggested the Westbrook uh, one-year minimum deal. Popping like, <laughs> like, let's go? <laughs> no, like, what? <laughs> yeah. No! Okay, good. You guys on my level. You, I love. I love just talking to Hoopers too. Just even, you know how they feel because he's played at a high level. He's obviously understands the game at so many different levels, and it's fun hearing like, okay, well, what do you think about playing with two bigs? Okay, what do you think about the NBA doing this and this? And so, um, yeah, I dig Andrew. I'm so glad I got to meet him today. There it is, another episode of Combo's Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. And big shouts to Deuce and Mo for having me on their platform. Had a blast recording that one. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that. Subscribe, button, share this episode. Share with a friend. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Share it on your Instagram stories and tag me on IG at 12combo. That's O N E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for another episode of Combo's Court. Combo out.